Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, world. I am Reverend Adrian L. Robinson II, a.k.a. Rev. Rob, and this is Deeper in the Word, where we give you the real about Scripture with people who actually know and understand it so that you can come away with a better grasp of what certain things in the Bible mean, how they relate to your life and experience, and how you can apply something written so long ago to what you are going through right now. Today's show, my friends, is entitled Righteous Reformation. Righteous Reformation. And it's a special one, not just because of the topic that we're covering today, but more importantly, because of who our special guest is today. You see, friends, today we're going to be talking about the topic of incarceration, or rather being in prison in jail. You remember that song by the February? Did y'all know that in the United States, we have the highest incarceration rate in the world? Meaning our country puts more people on lockdown, on clank clank, than any other nation on the planet. And as of March 2020, the American criminal justice system um, has stated that almost 2.3 million people are in, get these stats, 1,833 state prisons, 110 federal prisons, 1,772 juvenile correctional facilities, 3,134 local jails, 218 immigration detention facilities, and even 80 Indian County jails, as well as military prisons, civil commitment centers, state psychiatric hospitals, and prisons in the U.S. territory. So they're not even counting like Virgin Islands or anything like that. And when it comes to the church, y'all, prison ministry is arguably one of the largest Christian harvest fields in existence, meaning it's the one area of Christian ministry where spreading the gospel, converting souls to Christ, and making disciples has experienced some of its greatest success. Because despite what some people may believe, many of these incarcerated people are genuinely seeking change, they're seeking stability in their lives, and they're seeking love the same way we are. Now, this idea that those in prison aspire, everybody in prison is aspiring to be career criminals, that doesn't have a blanket application to all prisoners. Some people are in there, they're actually innocent. Some people are in there for nonviolent crimes, but they're in there with violent people. And, and that's one of the things we want to accomplish today is to shatter a lot of the myths and misconceptions associated with the incarcerated. Because there's something we need to understand today. Oftentimes, prisoners don't know what's going on with their legal situation. They don't know what's going on with their families, with their jobs. And they're pretty much overwhelmed by where they find themselves. And many in prison, they get harsh reality checks because they go looking for help from family and friends, but either they can't communicate with them because they're locked up, or more particularly, the family and friends in the past were used and abused by them. And so now they're reluctant to help them in any fashion or even talk to them. And as a result, most people who are incarcerated, incarcerated they dwell in situations where hope seems unattainable. Because for them, hope becomes a very difficult proposition to engage in, if not outright non-existent. And you can see why. And this is why the gospel can be so appealing to those that are locked up. Because as we all know, nothing gives a person more hope than to accept Christ as your Lord and Savior and to walk with him as you journey through life. Amen. And that, saints of God, is where our special guest, as well as the giving partner he represents, comes in today. And quite frankly, where you, our beloved listeners, come in too, because y'all already know how we get down on this show. Say it with me. We only give you biblical interpretation from people who actually know and understand it. 
Because that's the only way that you're going to be able to have a better foundation to do your own independent research. And so today's special guest, my friends, as well as the organization he represents, Prison Fellowship, which is one of our most cherished giving partners, he, they both, ex he and the organization he represents both exemplify stellar qualifications to enlighten us on this subject. And so to that end, our special guest today is the program manager for the church mobilization unit at Prison Fellowship. And he serves as the area director for the states of Texas, Oklahoma, and Kansas, which sees him managing a staff of three states, 140 plus prisoners, a curriculum, and volunteers. And he's also the senior pastor of Oasis on the Mount Church and Healing Center in Garland, Texas, who I am thrilled to announce has entered into fellowship with the Benevolent Faith Ministries as our sister Baptist church deeper in the word. Please give a very warm welcome to our new friend of the show and my brother, Pastor Christopher Pipkin, sir, greetings and welcome to the show. Oh, man, thank you, thank you, thank you, man. Listen, I am excited. Uh, I'm excited about what God is uh, doing, not just uh, today, but in, in this season and in our relationship. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, listen, um, for, you know, we, we, we go through and we, 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 we say, Lord, enlarge my territory. And we don't ever know how. Or when, and then just in a casual conversation, you run up on somebody like Reverend Robinson, and that killed, <laughs> that, that sealed the deal, right? Just like Lord, I see you. Yes, yes indeed. <laughs> thank you, thank and, you. As I said to you earlier, I was telling the exact same thing to my wife. Like, man, the Lord really. He really um, got got it in good on this one, uh, hooking us up together. So, man, thank you for joining the show. We greatly appreciate it. Um, can you give our audience just a brief overview of your background and your credentials and where you came from, how you came up, and how you got involved with Prison Fellowship? So, you know what? Uh, it's funny you mentioned the word credentials. You know, and I, I tell people all the time, I said, you know, if you want to check a dog's pedigree, you go to the veterinarian. Hmm. If you want to check mine, just go to the street. The streets are my <laughs> credentials. Okay. <laughs> but, um, Seriously, um, the Lord is doing a uh, 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 great work. Um, my parents uh, divorced in 1968. My dad was physically abusive, and uh, my mother shot him. And so my brother and I witnessed uh, her shoot uh, my dad. And at the time, and I remember like it was yesterday, at the time, uh, you know, the story is a little long, but she ran out of my grandmother's house, jumped in the car, and she said, I just shot your dad. And I said, well, that's what he get. Because, yeah, <laughs> you know, here it is, he's, he's beating on So mm -hmm. we ran. We moved to California. And because, uh, you know, she was afraid of, she was terrified of, we moved to California. And uh, one day after school, um, my aunt and uncle came to pick my brother up. And my brother and I up and said, hey, you're coming to live with us. And we're like, hey, where's mama? So I'm going somewhere with this. She, we said, hey, where's mama? And you know what they told us? Hey, don't ask us any questions. Mm. And every now and then she would call, and they would tell us that she was in the hospital. Mm. Why is that important? Because we're not telling the truth to the kids. So, mm. with, uh, so Oasis on the Mount was birthed because we understand the pain and the separation. And here's the deal. 
a lot of times we don't know what we, well, all the time we don't know what we don't know, but we don't know the damage that we are creating. Yes. So I go to prison in 1987. I give my life to the Lord and I come home and three months after I'm home, I'm selling drugs again. Mm-hmm. I go back to prison, and we'll talk about this a little later, mm-hmm. but I go back to prison, and when I go to prison this time, I get involved in a, in a, in a, in a program. And when I come home, my daughter looks at me, and she says, Dad, I wanted to be mad at you, but you did some things over the last few years that, that won't allow that to happen. Well, fast forward, I uh, moved to Dallas. My dad got sick. Uh, he was diagnosed with lung cancer. So I moved to Dallas to, to, to kind of see about him and to help my my aunt uh, salvage her uh, substance abuse program. Mm-hmm. So she had, a, she had a contract with um, uh, MHMR and a federal grant through Ryan White and Hopper. So she was serving uh, clients that were dual diagnosed, uh, mental disorders and uh, drug addiction. Mm-hmm. Well, while I was at a meeting with her, I met a guy and uh, he says, man, I need you to meet somebody. And I met Mike Lee. Mike Lee was the executive director for um, Operation Oasis. And he hired me. So I went to work, and as I was working there, we were volunteering for prison fellowship for men in, uh, that were um, transitioning from one of their uh, in prison programs to Dallas. Mm-hmm. And in that, uh, my role then was to uh, provide mentors and uh, employment, housing. You know, there's some of the necessary things for uh, a, a person in transition. You know, right. What do you need? And we started having Bible study on Saturday Mm. with these men. And from there, Oasis on the Mount went from a Bible study to a church. I know I took you a long way around, but I had to give you those things because they're going to be uh, pertinent to this discussion. Right, right. That's fine. No, we appreciate it. Absolutely. Um, and with that extensive background, you're more than qualified to detail exactly what fruitful and effective prison ministry looks like. So very briefly, please tell our audience, just give them a general overview of the, the prison fellowship model, as well as the Oasis model when it comes to ministering to those behind bars and those who are, like you said, transitioning. Prison Fellowship uh, was started by Chuck Colson, and Chuck Colson um, went to prison as a, as a result of his role in the Watergate scandal. Mm-hmm. Well, he said, I will not forget you. And he started a ministry, and so we're, I think we just celebrated 43 years. He started, he started a ministry, and the, the concept was for volunteers to go in and share the love of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And Reverend, I, I think we missed this. We missed this. We missed this. I'm going to tell you why I say we missed this. We missed it. We missed it. Because we think that all we have to do is go in and preach and pray it away. Yeah. 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 So we're not having, we're not having, we're not having candid, uh, uh, straight 
you know, let's get down, let's let's get low down and dirty mm-hmm. conversation. Mm-hmm. Well, over the uh, last few years, um, Prison Fellowship has seen that. And so we have a curriculum. And, and get this, get this. It's a Bible-based, uh, um, value-based curriculum from the life and teachings of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Here's, here's, here's the deal. It, because the, the um, DLC says, hey, listen, we need more life skills stuff. We need more life skills stuff. And we have people, because there's no scripture in the uh, curriculum that says, hey, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to have anything to do with that. Wait a minute. Uh, apply the, apply what's said right here. And so what we're doing is we're taking this and blending it with the cognitive. Mm-hmm. We're blending it with the cognitive. Mm-hmm. And so if we don't change the, the thought process, we'll never change the behavior. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so Prison Fellowship, uh, we have a model uh, and it's standard throughout all our in-prison programs. So if you're in prison in Texas, you're getting the same information and the same curriculum if you're in prison in New York. Excellent. Consistency. So, yeah. Consistency. Yeah. Consistency. Yes, sir. And so it's standard. It's standard because we know that if 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 we just try to preach the way and fade away, my mama stayed on her knees. She stayed on her knees. <laughs> and you stayed in the streets. <laughs> Mama, let me see your knees. She said, what you talking about, boy? I said, I need to see if you got artificial knees because I know you wore them out. But here's, here's, here's the deal. Here's the deal. And um, we have to have people who are passionate about the things of God, you know. Yeah. And, and and a lot of times people take this out, out of context. You know, Paul said, I'll become all things that I might mm-hmm. uh, gain the one. Mm-hmm. He wasn't saying he's going to become an outlaw so yeah. he can win an outlaw. Right. We, we ain't saying that. We ain't right. saying that. Right. But, but uh, one of my favorite, my, one of my favorite points in the passage of Scripture, the prodigal son, it said, and he saw his son from afar off. What are you saying? First of all, he was watching and waiting for him. Mm-hmm. The second thing is, guess what he said? He ran to meet him. Mm-hmm. See, we're not running to meet people yes. where they are. Yes, yes, sir. Yes, sir. And so when, when Prison Fellowship, they have uh, the curriculum that we're using, the, the change company, the change company is appealing to the spirit man and addressing the cognitive. Yeah, that's that's great. That's awesome because that's that was something that's been missing. And that leads yes. to the recidivism rate, which we'll get into. But, Pastor, I think most casual believers, because, you know, we're all about the Bible on this show. Most casual believers might be surprised to find out that the Bible and Jesus in particular got a whole lot to say about the care of the incarcerated. And so what we're going to do coming up is examine what the Bible has to say about the Christian mandate to look out for the incarcerated, because as we'll see Jesus made it clear that those locked up are near the top of his list when it comes to the people he cares about and put value on. So we're going to dive on into that discussion after we come back from the break. Are you looking to complete a home purchase? Whether you're a buyer or a seller, 
Meister Home Inspections, or MHI, offers professional and accurate home inspection services throughout the Northeast Atlanta area that provide home buyers and sellers, as well as their agents, with the information they need to successfully complete any home purchase. Visit their website at mhihomeinspection.com, that's mhihomeinspection.com to learn more or to set up your home inspection appointment today. Diamond Cup Building Maintenance is a privately owned business that provides a wide range of janitorial, floor care, and handyman services for all size commercial businesses. Our services also include deep clean and disinfectant cleaning, which kill harmful germs, including the coronavirus. Our team has over two decades of experience, so we can provide the highest quality of services to our customers. This is why we are a sparkle above the rest. Please join our Facebook page to learn more about us at Diamond Cut Building Maintenance. Welcome back to Deeper in the Word. As a reminder, friends, you can subscribe and listen to us on Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Radio Public, Pocket Cast, Overcast, and on Apple Podcasts and the iTunes Store. And we are so thankful for all of our digital uh, podcast platform uh, supporters um, providers. Also, don't forget, you can email us at info at benevolentfaithministries.org to send us your questions and comments for the show. Otherwise, how are we going to know what y'all want to talk about? Y'all need to get at us. And remember, we want you to join us every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Central, 4 p.m. Pacific time for our online church services. Just go to benevolentfaithministries.online.church and create a screen nickname so you can chat along with us during the service and don't forget to check out our YouTube channel. Just go to YouTube and put Benevolent Faith Ministries in that search box. You can see all of our videos, including past Bible studies, our online services, and previously aired episodes of our TV show, Walk in the Word, which, as I mentioned a couple weeks ago, we're going to be airing new episodes through the end of November. Our last episode is December 9th on that uh, network. So please check out the show. By the way, we're looking into uh, another television opportunity, but we won't get into that now. But that's why we're ending our uh, relationship with them. But today, my friends, today's show is entitled Righteous Reformation. And we're discussing the topic of incarceration and what the Bible has to say about it with our very special guest, Pastor Christopher Pipkin, who is senior pastor of Oasis on the Mount Church and Healing Center in Garland, Texas, as well as the program manager for the church mobilization unit at Prison Fellowship. And in our last segment, we examine how what Prison Fellowship and what Oasis do work to serve and minister to the underserved behind bars. Now, next we want to consider precisely what it is that the Bible and Jesus in particular have to say about caring for and ministering to the incarcerated. And pastor, though it's not the only verse in the Bible associated with prison ministry, because there's a lot, one of the linchpin verses associated with this ministry, as an example, is found in Hebrews 13.3, which states that remember those who are in prison as though in prison with them and those who are mistreated since you are also in the body. And so I ask you, good sir, can you please explain exactly what that verse means for some of, uh, for some of the believers out there that may not be initiated um, as members of Christ's global body that makes up his church, why does that verse resonate or should it resonate with all of us? 
You know what? Let's 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 go back a couple because now I'll tell you this is the foundation scripture for Oasis on the Mount. Mm -hmm. It is. Oh, and, oh. A, and, and I listen when 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 God gave me the vision, that was the scripture that we built the ministry on. Wow. I, I promise you. Yeah. But if, if we go back to one, it said, "Let brotherly love continue." Mm, mm, mm. Yes, sir. Be careful how you treat strangers, for some have entertained angels unaware. Mm, mm. Then he says, "Remember those that are in bonds." Yeah. And, and and those who will suffer adversity as being in the body also. Now, so I, I wanted to capture those two because the first thing is, uh, as the body of believers, well, let me see, no, 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 let me back up on that. Okay. As the church, <laughs> wait a minute, let me, let me, let me, let me rephrase that. <laughs> as the religious believers, okay. how, let's use that one. Okay. <laughs> let's grab that one. Right. As religious believers, he said, let brotherly love continue. We're not letting brotherly love continue because we hold people hostage to a bad decision. Mm. We hold them hostage because of an erroneous act. We hold them hostage. Yeah. yeah. And we condemn them. We, the, 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 the church is, is the only people that bury their wounded. Wow. So let brotherly wow. love continue. Wow. All right. So then we say, be careful how you treat strangers. But some have entertained angels. We don't even want to go in and meet strangers. Yeah. Yeah. We don't. We, 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 we listen. This is this is this is the truth. Now, so when when my, my uncle picked my brother and I up and my mom disappeared, right? Mm -hmm. They wouldn't tell us where she was. And, you know, I come to, come to understand, you know, which was, but here was the deal. When I was selling drugs, and I'm going to get to this. When I was selling drugs and having money, my mom was like, man, my son, I don't do nothing but ride around in Mercedes all day and count money. Right? <laughs> right. But then I went to prison. And the only people she wanted to talk to in prison was me because the rest of them were murderers. You, you, you follow where I'm going? Yes, sir. See, we have, we have a tendency to condemn everybody right. unless we're close to them. Yes. And God is saying, be careful how you treat strangers for some of entertained angels. You don't know who that is. Yeah, that's good. That's good. And if we're not, if we're not, if we're not volunteering and being a part of so then he says, then he says that, 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 Remember those that are in bond. Hey, listen, we have to be empathetic. We have to stop being sympathetic yeah. and start being empathetic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a great point. And really in this COVID era, that's a great point because when you think about it, I hate to be on this soapbox, but it just bothers me. When you think about it, a lot of the spread is due to the lack of empathy. Well, it ain't going to affect me that bad, so what I'm going to wear a mask for? Because it might affect the next person, bruh. Come on, come on. Think about someone else for a change, you know? That's, that, that's it. That's it. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. So well, you're not going to believe this. You're not going to believe this. You're not going to believe this. <laughs> and so um, I'm a plant church out of Mount Haven Missionary Baptist Church, which is the largest uh, African-American church in Garland. Yes, sir. One of the mega churches in, the, in Dallas County, right? Mm -hmm. They did not have a prison ministry. This is how Oasis on the Mount became a church because uh, Mount Hebron let me use a building that they were not using, right? Oh, wow. And so we were having a Bible study on Saturdays. And so that was the, and they were giving me $5,000 a month. Oh, wow. Oh, 
thousand dollars a year. Five thousand dollars a year. Okay. Okay. So I wasn't paying rent, and I'm getting five thousand dollars to pay for gas and to pick the women and women. But here's where I'm going. With that. They didn't have a prison ministry, and they said, "Hey, anybody that that needs prison ministry, go to Always Stone Out. Go see Pastor Chris." Wow, that's awesome. Make a church. And and, and 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 then this is what this is what would happen. They would be like, "Hey, let me minister this real quick." I know we're, we're living on time. No, you're fine. No. I, I'm 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 a minister at uh, Mount Hebron, mm-hmm. and we were having a, a Resurrection Sunday, and we and, and so um, uh, Pastor Lee says, "Hey, Chris, I want you to give us a brief testimony." And I gave him a brief testimony, and everybody started treating me different. Because mm. hmm. now I'm that now I'm that ex prisoner. Right, right. The Bible said, "Remember those that are in bonds as as being bound with them, and those who suffer adversity as being in the body also." Yes. Are we taking on? It's, and, and when we say taking on, it's not saying that we have to 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 dive into their pit, but it's how are we connecting with this person who is disenfranchised? Because we're disenfranchised at the moment. Absolutely, absolutely. There's not. There should be no compartmentalization within the church, no. particularly within with respect to this. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. You know what's really interesting um, when we're talking about the Bible and experiences. You know, Jesus get right to the point and stating our responsibility as believers to look out for people that are in prison. He even warns people that if we don't look out for his people, it's like we're not looking out for him. And if we do that, it's not going to be a good look for us. And for anybody that don't believe it, just go to Matthew 25 verses 35 to 46. <laughs> Can you like, please, Pastor, explain to our listeners what basically what Jesus is saying in the passages and the warning he gives? Listen, Jesus is saying he, he said, "Hey, listen, if if you don't do this for them, then you're not doing it for me. Mm-hmm. If you're not visiting those who are in prison, then you're not doing it to me." And he and he said, "Guess what you're going to do? I'm going to sit you over here on the left with the goats." Yep. <laughs> <laughs> That you care for others if you have the means to do so. And 
that mandate from Christ, it seems to drive what both Prison Fellowship and Oasis are doing when it comes to caring for people that are locked up. So can you just kind of give us the methodology, some of the methodologies that y'all, you know, day to day, how do y'all go about putting this into practice, what Jesus told us we're supposed to be doing? So, you know what, we have a team of uh, field directors and the field directors cultivate relationships with pastors, I'm sorry, with wardens mm-hmm. and chaplains. Okay. And we go in and um, establish a study, a small study group. And most of the time, these groups are about 50 people. And so we recruit, and I hate to use that word, recruit, but but we engage, let's use that word, okay. we engage volunteers from churches that we have partnerships with. Okay. And so when we when you start talking about that, because here's what I do understand, and, 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 and I, I, I understand that some people are in prison ministers and some people are ushers and some people, you know, and, and so, you know, we, 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 the way I normally do it, pastor, who do you have that's passionate about prison ministry? Let me talk to them. And the reason I want to get with the pastor, because when the pastor sends down that, 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 that support, then people get on board. Yeah. If the pastor's not on board, then the people are not going to be on True, true. And and I say, Pastor, I'm not asking you to do it, but just be my Joshua or Caleb right here. Come on. That's all I'm asking you. Just be the one to give the good word. And so what what happens? So we we, we established that relationship, and you 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 wouldn't believe how this thing grows because now men, listen, men and women want a different life and a better life. Because when they're caught up in that life, they don't know that there's an alternative. They don't know that yeah. there's an option. Yeah. And then we think about this for a minute. So a guy, the studies show this, that the minute you start using drugs, you stop growing uh, mentally, right? Mm-hmm. And then you go to prison and that maturation that little maturation that you were having is halted. Yeah. So this guy starts doing drugs at 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 at, at seventeen. We just gonna we just gonna be conservative. Starts doing drugs at seventeen, goes to prison at nineteen, and then gets out at thirty. Mm-hmm. How old is he? He's seventeen. Mm-hmm. You're saying to a seventeen year old man, go be responsible. Yeah. Yeah. This is why, this is why, and, and, and I can't drive it home enough, this is why it's important for the church to get involved. And this is why we we, we partner with churches who have a heart for for Christ, first of all, so that we can, we can be a part of the change. Yeah. Because you're telling a 17-year-old boy to go be responsible and raise his family, and he's never had a job. And I got no model to follow. Nothing. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so if we're not a part of the solution, then guess what we are? Part of the problem. We're part of the problem. Yes, sir. And so we have men. I, I, I got I got a gazillion stories. I'm standing in the commissary <laughs> line. Uh-huh. Did I 
I'll tell you what the truth is, and oh, I think I did. <laughs> Listen, and, and in prison, when you stand in the commissary line, the first rule is no talking. Mm -hmm. Or you get kicked out of line because you can only go to the store on certain days. Right. right? It's like that in the military, too, actually. When you, uh, I was on the ship. I was, I was in the Navy on the ship, but I didn't mean to interrupt. Go ahead. Oh, absolutely. Thank you for your service. Absolutely. You service. absolutely. I, I got a story about that. I went to jail on my way home after taking the test for the Navy. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> that is wild. That is wild. And, and so, so I'm standing in this commissary line. Now, this guy that I've known for a while, he turns to me and asks me, he said, Pip, how do you spell chips? And Rev, I said, he can't be joking because he knows that if he gets caught talking, yeah. he's kicked out of line. Right, right. I'm like, how can you be a 30-year-old man and you don't know how to spell chips? Mm, mm, mm. It blew my mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It blew my mind, and, and, and I was in that line, I said, Lord, I need to be a part of the solution, yeah. because if this is what we have in our society, how do we expect to move forward? Absolutely, absolutely. And a big part of that, as you just said, that brother who didn't know how to spell chips in his 30s clearly had no proper foundation from which he could grow in order for him to know basic spelling. Yeah, that's that's a big problem, and people often overlook that um, because it's, it doesn't affect them. Correct. Yeah. yeah. They, they say, well, you know what, if he's this age and he's got all his limbs and he, he should be able to go to work and the guy can't go to work because he can't fill out the application. Exactly. Because he exactly. can't read the application. Exactly. And so guess what he does? Yeah, go to crime, something like that. Go back to crime. Yes, sir. Go back to crime. Yes, sir. And nobody's there. The church isn't there to say, hey, listen, hold up, Junior. Mm. Let's see about getting you a GED. We got all these we got all these uh uh uh, uh English as a second language classes at the church. Let's have let's have let's let's have a a, a GED class. But yeah. you, we're going back to uh to this fellowship and always on the mouth. So what we do is we partner so that we can expand our territory, so that we can increase our bandwidth to give men uh, 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 a biblical foundation with practical application. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And y'all know we all about practical application on this show, taking what the Bible says and applying it to your life on an everyday basis. And so you see, this is what they're doing. This is part of their model. Now, coming up after the break... We're going to switch gears a bit here and talk more in depth about our relationship, Pastor. That is the relationship between Benevolent Faith, Prison Fellowship, and Oasis on the Mount, particularly with respect to how the three are working together to effectuate the most productive prison ministry models possible. And that discussion will include what you, our faithfully devoted listeners, can do to get involved with us in these endeavors. And we're going to do that when we come back from the break. 
Welcome back to Deeper in the Word. Don't forget, you can follow us on Facebook. Just search for at Benevolent Faith Ministries and like our page to support us. Also, don't forget, you can join us every Monday morning at 7 a.m. Eastern during our live prayer call line. And if you can't make the live call, you can call the prayer playback line, which is 24 hours a day, seven days a week in order to miss, uh, to hear what you may have missed. Amen. Uh, today has been all about righteous reformation. And we've been discussing the topic of incarceration including the church's ministry associated with it and the Bible's directives to us concerning those subject to it with our very special guest and my brother, uh, Pastor Christopher Pipkin, who's senior pastor of Oasis on the Mount Church and Healing Center in Garland, Texas, as well as the program manager for the church mobilization unit at Prison Fellowship. And that we hinted at before in our last segment, we want to shift the focus a little bit here and discuss our giving partnership with Prison Fellowship and how you out there, the listener, can become a part of what we're doing benevolent in conjunction with both Prison Fellowship and Oasis on the Mount. And this is especially relevant during this time of year, the upcoming holiday season, because you have a lot of families of prisoners who can often be the most detrimentally impacted during this season. Now, for many who may not know, Benevolent Faith Ministries does not collect tithes and offerings from its followers. If y'all follow us, y'all know this. Instead of you giving money to us, we encourage you to give your money directly to our giving partners to go to their websites and, and click on their links. And, and you go to our website, click on the giving tab. It pulls all of our giving partners up. Then you click on their link, go to their website and you know, contribute to them directly. It gives you an opportunity to choose which one you want to work with as well. And as we've said on this show many times before, not only can you tithe your money with our giving partners, but for a lot of them, you can tithe your time as well in terms of volunteering. And Prison Fellowship currently has some awesome initiatives going on to which you can contribute, especially during the holiday season. And we're going to be getting involved with them as well. And two of those in particular are its virtual angel tree operation. And the other one is the Bible campaign 2020, which is very important. So pastor, can you please speak on these two campaigns and let our listeners know why uh, let, them, let them know not only how they can get involved, but why they should get involved, especially with the holidays coming up. You know what? Um, so remember earlier I said, you know what, we'll, I, I, we'll, we'll come back and revisit some of this stuff. Mm -hmm. So imagine this, imagine this, imagine this. Uh, the most joyous day of the year around the world. Mm -hmm. You wake up, and I don't know about you guys, but... We would get up at, at, at midnight. Yeah. And because my parents, my parents were together, weren't t together, my brother and I spent Christmas at relatives' houses. Mm -hmm. So we were, and so I have an uncle that's my age. We was either at, at, at Big Mama's house or we was at my aunt and uncle's house. Or, or, or my other aunt and uncle's house. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't know why it happened like that. But think about this. In every in every year with every Christmas without fail, whoever's house we were at, we experienced them opening gifts at midnight, and we had to just sit back 
bank oh, and watch it. And mm. we would get we we would get we would get we would get maybe one one gift to unwrap. It would be it would be stuff that we needed like underwear mm-hmm. and, and, and pajamas mm-hmm. and, and things like that. And so the value of Christmas today is different with my brother and I uh, because we didn't experience it. So so here's where I'm going with mm. that. Angel Tree is that low-hanging fruit for community and prison ministry. So Angel Tree was set up to make a connection with that incarcerated parent and that child. And so what we do is we partner with churches to provide a gift for a child who's got a parent in prison because it's nothing like seeing the sadness on the face of a child when he's watching everybody else open the gift and he doesn't have gifts. My yeah. brother and I experienced that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was our experience. Yeah. And so it's it, 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 it's for nothing else. It's for nothing else. Just 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 think about being a part of making a connection with that incarcerated child and that and that parent. Uh, I just got I just got to throw this in there. Uh, you threw out some phenomenal numbers. You threw out some phenomenal numbers. And statistics say that 70% of the children who have an incarcerated parent will be incarcerated unless we intervene. Wow. And this is an opportunity to intervene because we want that child and that caregiver to be connected to a church. Absolutely. So when we start talking about angel tree, it's not about providing Christmas. It's about providing the gospel and a gift to connect these families because our, our model is restoring those who have been impacted by crime and incarceration. Yeah. 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 yeah that's, so, that's amazing. Go, go ahead. Listen, uh, a couple of years ago, my daughters bombarded. They said, Dad, we're coming to have Thanksgiving at your house. My baby girl, the same one that said, Dad, I wanted to be mad at you. She says, Dad, I want to start a ministry. And of course, Dad, oh, yeah, girl, yeah, I'm with you. <laughs> you know, whatever Daddy can do, I got you. You know, I know some people who know some people. Girl, tell me what you want to do. And she looked at me and she says, Dad, I want to start a ministry for children who's got a parent in prison. And I, I can't make this up. I can't make this up. And uh, she says, Dad, because you don't know how deep the pain is mm. and how long it lasts. Because mm. she knew. She knew. She knew. Her own experience, she knew. Yeah. She knew. Yeah, yeah. She knew. And this kind of goes at what I said earlier, too, is that People need to get over this sensibility because there's a sensibility that exists that says, well, they in prison. So clearly they did something to deserve being there. So what I'm going to care about them for? Well, number one, that's not a godly or Christ-like attitude to have. Number two, a lot of people that are in prison, um, some people are innocent. And number three, again, not everybody's in there for some violent, crazy crime. And just because, like we said before, they're behind bars don't mean that they should be forgotten or don't mean that they should be marginalized and put into this compartmentalized space where it's like, we're all normal, you guys are prisoners. I mean, they're still people. And like more to your point, we have families who are completely, um, who are impacted by this that ain't got nothing to do with the fact that the person was in prison in the first place. So as you spoke with you and your brother's experience, why would we not want 
to put a smile on that young child's face who last year didn't have a Christmas and who this year is not expecting anything. And then here comes somebody like one of our listeners and engages in virtual angel tree and completely changes that child, the trajectory of that child's life. Yes. Yes. That it's critical folks um, that you get involved. Pastor, tell them exactly specifically what they need to do to get involved with Angel Tree. Because we're going to have more information, y'all, coming up on our website, on our, on our shows um, about Angel Tree. But just the basic gist of it. Tell them what they need to do, Pastor, to get involved with that. Um, just go to your website. Go to the website, uh, www.angeltree.org. And you can reach, I, I would encourage, I would encourage, I would encourage uh, for the listeners who are part of a church, uh, 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 a church family, mm -hmm. to get with the uh, uh, um, uh, prison ministry or get get with the pastor, hey, can we do this? Yeah. Get this, get this, get this, yeah. get this. Yeah. On a good Sunday, when uh, it's, it's, it's not above 80 degrees, uh, I've paid the light bill, so there's some little air circulating in the church. Uh -huh. <laughs> uh, the streets are dry, <laughs> and, and, and and they got something to put on. I might get 45 people, mm. and we take 110 kids a, a, a year. Now, here's the deal. With this gift, the gift, we're only asking that the gift be $20 because we're not trying to provide Christmas. We're trying to make a connection. Thank you. Thank you. Pastor, I make this point all the time. I just made it on a, on a Facebook rant the other day. People out there listening right now, y'all know good and well, you spent $20 on lunch yesterday, okay? And so that little bitty amount that you think is so trivial because you went to uh, whatever sushi place and got your grub on, that 20 that same $20 can completely impact and turn somebody's life around. You know what, Pastor? Uh, let me let me tell you. This is what I do. I take five kids alone. Yeah, yeah. I go to Walmart and I go to the rack and grab five five twenty five dollar gift cards. Mm -hmm. um, Sonic. Uh, well, you know I'm in Dallas, so we have Whataburger. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Whataburger's good, y'all. If y'all ain't never had none. <laughs> you know, but I do that because so so uh, from this perspective, um, it's it's oh so let me let me go back. I'm, I'm gonna say this because when that, that that incarcerated parent fills out that application, they put a note in there to 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 Junior or to Sally and says, "Hey, Junior, Daddy loves you." So the gift isn't coming from you; it's coming Come from that yes. incarcerated parent. Yes, 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 yes. Excellent. Excellent. It's coming from that incarcerated parent. Yep. And so I, 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 I buy five gift cards. And why? Because I don't like to shop. I just don't get five <laughs> gift cards. And hey, <laughs> and I'm getting $25 gift cards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just that simple, y'all. Listen, I have an, an, I have a truck, a Suburban, and a BMW. Now, I'm, I'm throwing it out there because the BMW have to use premium gas. And so every time I fill up, I'm $35, $40. Mm -hmm. My truck, 
Y'all hear this. See, this is what we're talking about in terms of reaching out for others. And in that respect, the same thing applies to the Bible uh, campaign 2020, which essentially, y'all, is prison fellowship saying we're trying to get Bibles in the hands of prisoners. And normally, you know, a Bible will cost a certain amount of money. Prison fellowship has got a relationship with a distributor to where they can get Bibles for $16, and I believe it's $16.50 per Bible. Now, you just heard Pastor Pipkin say how much money he used to um, fill his car up. Uh, even 16 is even less than 20. You do the math, okay? And for a $16 contribution, you can make sure a prisoner has a Bible in his hands and he will read something and find out that, hey, you mean I can be forgiven for all the stuff that I've done? Trust me, there are prisoners that don't know that. And it changes their life when they find that out, as I'm sure, Pastor, you can attest to. Listen, man, this is, I, I wish we had uh, uh, some time. I can give you my testimony. I'm in the county jail. My mother says to me, baby, read your Bible. Mm. I didn't grow up in church. Yeah. And I'm like, Mama, how am I how reading my Bible going to get me out of this? Yeah, yeah. How is it going to get me out of jail? Mm -hmm. I, I'm, I, I'm concerned about getting out behind, from behind these bars. But here's, here's the thing, you know, Rev. Me reading my Bible gave me the most peace and freedom that I had ever had in my life. Mm, mm. Get yeah. this. I was freer in prison than I was when I was on the streets. Now, I, I'm going to say this, and, and it's not a lot of people that admit this. Prison saved my life because it was that place that I found the Lord. Amen. Amen. I didn't get it all right because I went back to prison. But we're going we're gonna to keep on with this. So the Bible campaign, the Bible campaign, so when you buy these Bibles, guess what happens? The chaplains can, can request these Bibles at no cost to the prison or to the, uh, uh, the, the, the incarcerated person. Mm-hmm. 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 It's critical, y'all. Say it again. Say it again. The chaplains can request Bibles at no cost to them, and it doesn't cost the incarcerated person anything, but it gives them freedom. I don't care what you think. Man, listen, when when the, the Word of God says, and I like the King James Version, I like the King James Version, and, and, because the King James Version said, whom the Son makes free is free indeed. Free indeed. Free we use the word set free. Now, I'm going to tell you why I like that word. I'm going to tell you why I like that word. Because to be made free means that there's some preparation. To be set come free on. means that it's just open the door. Come on, come on, come on, come on. That's good. That's good. That's good. Feature oh. word, Doc. <laughs> Child, and uh, and then you want me to do another sixteen? Okay, yeah, what forty one dollars or what? 
Forty-one dollars. Forty-one dollars. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. 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 Absolutely. Also, also, and we we didn't talk about this, and and, uh, we're gonna do this. So we have Second Chance Month. Second Chance Month has uh, has has uh, been declared. Uh, well, April has been declared second chance month by yes. the White House. Right? Yes, yes. And so during the month of April, we're, we're partnering with churches, and we have some resources available um, uh, for them to at least preach one one sermon on second chance in the month of April. Mm-hmm. So we want to just kind of kind of create some synergy in April about second chance. And I see here's what I know, and you and you know this as well, uh, Pastor, as. Uh, I don't serve a God of second chance. I serve a God of another chance. Yes, sir. Another chance and another chance. Yes. And another chance. So that's one of that's one of the resources. Then we have the outrageous justice. Yes. Now, justice. B- b- before you go there, before you go there with outrageous justice, that's one of the things that I wanted to make as part of our announcements here. Because I'm gonna I'm gonna let you speak on that in a second, but as many of you who frequently listen to this show know, we've been announcing for a long time that we would be engaging in a study called Outrageous Justice in conjunction with Prison Fellowship. Because it's actually, you know, their study. It's in, conceived and managed entirely by them. It's a six-week study, and it basically informs believers about the need for social and criminal justice reform. And including an examination of how we as believers can be proactive in working towards pursuing fairness and righteousness in the criminal and social justice systems so that we can facilitate real hope and restoration and healing in our society. Now, before you go there, because I do want you to explain it, I want to let the audience know, y'all heard me talking about this for at least a month. Well, we're reaching the end of the year. And because virtual angel tree is so important to the holiday season, what we have decided to do is we are very excited to announce that starting in January of 2021, BF Ministries, that's Benevolent Faith Ministries and Oasis on the Mount are going to be engaging in a joint endeavor to conduct the study together. So we're going to do this study together with our fellow saints at our sister church, Oasis on the Mount. And the study is still going to take place on Zoom. And again, we're going to have more information, we promise, coming up over the you know next several weeks. But Pastor, go ahead, highlight for them about what you were going to say about Outrageous uh, Justice Study. So Outrageous Justice, uh, first of all, is a platform to educate the church about the outrageous justice, because hey, think about this, and you and you've alluded to it uh, on a number of, uh, of times during this, this this time. There are a lot of people who are in prison who 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 are innocent, and there are a lot of people who are in prison because they were charged with a crime that they didn't commit. Now, understand what I'm saying? So we have people right now. Right now, in prison, serving life sentences because they knew about somebody who murdered somebody else. Mm, mm, mm. No, 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 listen, yeah. listen, 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 listen. I was sentenced to 15 years for aggravated robbery because I was with the guy that robbed somebody. Mm, mm, mm. Yep. Listen, listen. Now, 
I'm not proclaiming innocence because when I left home that day, and I, I had to tell Big Mama, Big Mama came to see me. She said, well, baby, you know, everybody made mistakes. I said, Big Mama, you know what? She said, what, baby? I said, I ain't make no mistake. I said, when I left home that night, I left home with a pistol and an ounce of cocaine. I left home to go break the law. Mm -hmm. Now, the robbery, I didn't do. But I was breaking the law. So I'm not totally innocent. Right. Right. I'm not totally innocent. But I was charged with a crime that I didn't commit. And I couldn't, because we were together, guess what? I was charged with the same thing he was charged with. That's outrageous justice. Yes. Yes, it is. Yes. Yes. That's outrageous justice because Texas doesn't have an, uh, an accomplice law or an accessory law. You know, you're charged with the same thing mm-hmm. or a lesser crime. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So mine should have went from aggravated robbery to simple robbery. Yeah. But that's another story for another day. So outrageous justice, there's some there's some education to the church. Hey, church, come on now, you know, and, and it, it, you know, when I was coming up, I, I, I'm 58. When I was coming up, uh, two people in the community that you respected, the coaches and the deacons. Mm-hmm. The coaches and the deacons. And a lot of times the, the, the coaches were deacons somewhere. The church then was a part of building the community. We lost that. And now I'm ready to just saying, hey, listen. Now that now that, that 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 we know better, we should do better. So the church needs to get involved in, in advocacy and building the community. Amen. How do we build a community? Going in prison, ministering to the men and women. Because guess what they are? Ninety percent of the men and women that are in prison, guess what they're gonna do? Go back. Come home. Yeah. And they don't have anywhere to go, so guess yeah. where they're going? Go back. They're going to Big Mama them house, they going to Auntie House, they going to Mama's house. What is that saying? They're coming to our communities. Yes, 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 yes. Let's prepare them so that I can, so that when I come in the house, I can leave my garage door up. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And not worry about June bug creeping <laughs> instead of my stuff. Creeping through the hood. <laughs> Exactly. 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 So, you know, I really, man, I wish we had more time. Um, Listen, folks, we're going to be, like I said, giving y'all way, way more information on this study that's coming up. We're going to be giving y'all more information about our new relationship with Oasis. And in the meantime, we encourage you to go to their website. Just Google Oasis on the Mount. And go to their website, support them. They need your support. They, they need your financial support. They need your spiritual support. They need all the support that you can give them in terms of prayer, in terms of money. Also, go to um, the same way we ask for you to go to Facebook and follow us. Follow them on Facebook. Just go to Facebook in that search engine, put Oasis on the Mount and start following them. You can catch their services every Sunday morning at 1030 a.m. We can't wait to catch it this coming Sunday. And... You know, with that, Pastor, I really wish we had more time, but we out of time. I just want to thank you so much for coming today, for enlightening our audience. Brother, you are welcome back anytime you ever want to come back. You know what? I'm, I'm, I'm going to do you one better. You can call me and say, hey, 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 tip you up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to hold you to that now. 
Hey, listen. No, hey, listen. I am dead serious. Um, and, and I hate to say it like this, but I didn't grow up in church. So I don't know church politics, uh, uh, church protocol. All, all the only thing I know is how do we grow the people? How do we how do we impact lives? So all of the church colloquialism and and and, and, and all, you know, I don't know it. Listen, this this is why we connect, Pastor, because I didn't grow up in the church either. And because of that, when you don't grow up in the church, you don't get attached to traditions and those cultural sensibilities that you find in the church. And then you start looking at that like, what are y'all doing? Why are we not doing this instead? Don't get me started on all that. We did a whole show on that before. So listen, thank you to our best listening audience in the world for joining us. We thank uh, Pastor uh, Christopher Pipkin for joining us. He will be back. Trust us. If y'all enjoyed in the day, trust me, he will be back. Don't forget, you can subscribe and listen to us on Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Radio Public, Pocket Cast, Overcast, and on Apple Podcasts in the iTunes Store. Don't forget to find us on the web at benevolentfaithministries.org. Log on now. Learn more about our giving partnerships and how you can get down with Virtual Angel Tree and the Bible Campaign with Prison Fellowship. And don't forget to log on this and every Tuesday night at 7 Eastern for our online church services at benevolentfaithministries.online.church. And Pastor Pipkin and I will catch y'all next time. Holla. Amen.